here presently or online, we thank you, Father, that Jesus is magnified and lifted up and that you're doing the work of your word with signs and wonders, Father. We give you the glory, honor, and praise for these things in Jesus' name. Amen and so be Praise God. Love on somebody and then you can be seated. Praise God. Let's give our choir. They work hard yes. too. Let's, let's encourage our choir today. Great job Praise setting God. the atmosphere, setting the tone. Praise God. Thank you to our musicians, sound team. Good morning, Lake Up Church. How's you doing? Praise God. Well, we are continuing on the series called The Pattern. Again, if you haven't been here, where you been? <laughs> but this is the response to Pastor Gregory's awesome series called The Blueprint. The Blueprint was very topical about the roles and responsibilities of man as God had planned it in the earth. And I'm picking up with the pattern as we talk about just God's woman, God's female, his delicate, perfect creature. <laughs> That's you. you know, the world wasn't finished till he made us and put us on the earth. He did save the best for last. I'm convinced of that. <laughs> Praise God. Foundational scriptures are Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. Again, who can find a virtuous woman, a strong woman, a powerful woman, a God-fearing woman, a woman of authority? Who can find her for her price is far above rubies? We talked about on the first few messages, first few times that we met that that price as far above rubies and we talked about what that ruby meant how, why was it significant that ruby is that stone that's uh, common but this particular stone has an impurity in it that makes it brilliant in its color but you don't know it until you've washed it and scrubbed it and washed it again or it's broken God uses the broken he can use the impure he can use just what seems to be the, 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 what's the, what he's called, the foolishness of man to get his glory. Amen. Right. Second verse is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, where Paul says, How be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him unto life everlasting. Paul saying that he ain't nobody. But here he is, we're talking about him 22,000 years later. But he's saying, I ain't nobody, but God has used me as a pattern by which we can live and exemplify Christ in the earth because he set that pattern. Sure. So the point in that is that all the glory that God made you, because we, especially as women, we are different in every way. I mean, we, I mean, we are different in ourselves. <laughs> Some of y'all know, last year you was one way. This year, all of a sudden, you don't know what. Woo. I was just having lunch with somebody the other, the other day, and she was like, my body temperature has changed. <laughs> and some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But God has set forth a pattern in the person of Jesus by which with all of our glory, whether you're loud and, and colorful or whether you're quiet and subdued and conservative, whatever and whoever God created you to be, he still made a pattern by which you can fit yourself right into it and be a virtuous woman. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So now we're going to pick up and I have my honey with me. Yes. <laughs> That's my sugar booker. And now, we're, although we're still talking about the pattern, you know, I was playing around before and I said I was going to probably call it the lady and the tramp. Well, just if you're, if you're just into animation, we talked about the lady. And when I say tramp, I'm not talking about the hooker on the street, okay? But I am talking about the, 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 the woman who doesn't know who she is. And to be honest with you, we are striving to be the virtuous woman every day, but there's a fight in us that questions who we are. There are instances every day where even I, but I'm like, okay, really? Did I really want that? Did I really say that? Am I really thinking that? What's the world? What? Girl, bring it back. What's wrong with you? Am I the only one out there? So now we're going to talk about the woman that Satan deceived. The woman that Satan deceived. And we're going to go right back to the beginning because the essence of what happened in the beginning repeats itself today. That's right. So turn with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 3. 
Genesis chapter 3. We, t- we spent time in chapter 1. We spent time in chapter 3, and we're just progressing now to chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, and the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yeah, have God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now understand this. What we're about to do, I, I, I'm remiss. Let me back up a little bit. In talking about the woman that Satan deceived, we're going to be talking about 10 facts to know about Satan and sin. Ten facts specific to the woman to know about Satan and sin and how that impacts this. How that impacts this right here. And why this has been man and woman. We we need each other, but we can't stand each other. There has been a contention between man and woman since the beginning of time. And we're about to establish the root of it right here, all right? Some people say you can't live with them. But you can't live without them, right? We're trying to figure out how to make all of this work, right? You know, you need more of me than you don't. (laughs) I'm just saying. Maybe just a little bit. Maybe just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And so it says here, I already read chapter uh, verse 1. Yeah, and God said, shall shall you not eat of every tree of of the garden? Now, mind you, right here, the key word in verse 1 is subtle. The key word is so is oftentimes that when we read Genesis chapter 3, that we think that Satan just popped on the scene and said, well, guess what? Eve. Well, number one, he didn't call her Eve. But guess what, woman? Hey, how you doing? Did God really say what, he, what you think he said? No. See, the word subtle means a prolonged period of time. Worked on it's it. crafty and cunningness over a period of time. Yeah. It's shiftiness and planned st- strategy that takes time to develop. She wasn't entertaining him on one day and said, bloop, let's do this thing. No, it was some time that she gave Satan. On the job. On the job. On the phone. On the phone. On social media. On social media. Oh, update us. See, guys are real smart. They know they will play on your emotions over an extended period of time. And continue to weaken your defenses to ultimately get what they want, How which many is you really all, not you. That's right. That's good. That, that's really good. How many, oh, I, I'll raise my hand. Y'all sent some red flags, but you overrode them. I know that was me. Oh, so thank you for being honest, sisters. I love you. We've dealt with somebody in our past. Whereby we noticed and recognized some red flags. But see, he had talked to us and we had spent so much time with him that we were willing to override the red flag because either we chose to ignore them, we chose to heighten the uh, beliefs of our imagination, or we were desperate. All right? And so it says here that the word subtle there is prudent, crafty, and wise in a bad sense. Could you imagine Satan being called wise, but in a bad sense? And and this is where the capture of the woman begins. Because when you, number one in this would be giving Satan, understand this, if you're not giving it to God, you're giving it to Satan. There's no in-between. That's right. If you're not giving time and space to God, which is why he said, acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll direct your paths. That's right. Then we're giving it to Satan. And, and, and Satan, he ain't, he's not about to be blaring loud and making an announcement, hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> he starts with a little uh, reality show with some wives in it. Really, most of them are not wives. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Or he'll, he'll start with, you know, just liking somebody's picture on Instagram from your past. Or he'll start with, you know, just having an a, a innocent conversation with a girlfriend about the issues. If you're not giving it to God, you're giving it to Satan. There's no in-between. Talking about time and space. What are you filling your time and what are, filling, what are you filling your mind with? Because it's going somewhere. In fact, James chapter 1, he says that 
Every man, when he's tempted and drawn away of his own lust, and is, oh, I like the way the message, I'm just going to read it to you, but you can reference it. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 18, it says, don't let anyone under pressure give in to evil and say, God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts no evil on in, in anyone's way. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby named sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. So, my very dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and perfect and beneficial gift comes from heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There's nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using true word, showing us off as a crown of, his own, of all his creatures. Amen. See, we, we can't say when we're going through something that God is doing this. God doesn't give and take away. Amen. God gives and we relinquish. That's right. Amen. Mm -hmm. And see, men, they can smell lust, because especially if he's full of it, <laughs> he knows it when he sees it. And so then it becomes wrong for her to say, he did this to me, because it had to be in you in order for him to do that to Ooh, you. that hurts. That hurts. But it's that true. Hurts. But it's true. That hurts. And that's on both I'll, sides. And so, so, so if I get it out of me, then no one can do to me what's not in me. Every person is tempted when they're drawn away of their own lust. No one's doing this to me. I'm doing this to myself. And so another person is not the solution. The solution is within me. And if I can get what's within me out of me, then I don't have to spend my time worrying about who you really are. Because I know who I really am. That's it right there. That's it right there. That's it right there. And I dare to say, having been in an abusive um, environment, you know, I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm just going to say it. A woman that will subject herself to abuse, be it physically, mentally, verbally, emotionally, whatever the case, case may be, you have to know who you are to get a revelation that you deserve better than this. It was never God's plan, and no, he did mean it. He is sick in and of himself and has, needs help because he doesn't know who he is. But the remedy to get out is to get to that place where you realize, I am created in the image of God. Yeah. He gave me authority in the earth. He never meant for uh, someone else to lord over me. Therefore, it is in me. Not to hope that he gets better. Can't change We him. pray that. Right. And we hope that, but we can't depend on that. Right. It is in me that I have to realize that life is better than this. That God never planned this to me, for me. He did not put me in this situation. He did not ordain this situation. He... And Definitely not that this is what I get or deserve because I messed up. Whenever you're in an abusive situation, please know and understand, and I'm not being insensitive, I know. You have to turn inward and evaluate the God that is in you, and it's within you to get out of the situation. So, point number two, point number two, the mind is the devil's playground. The mind is the devil's playground. See, verse three, I mean, verse one in chapter three, that B part says, yeah, hath God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? See, when she gave him the space and time, she also, he, she also gave him access to introduce doubt and insecurity. See, when he starts asking her questions about, did God really? Did he really? Really? Did he really? For real? The age-old question, and I've ministered this so many times before, the age-old question is what, babe? 
Did God really tell you that? And a lot of times our opinions have, I know for me, our opinions have overridden the word of God. Or our experiences. Or our experience. We negotiate God right out of the solution because of our experience. And the question, did God really say or mean that? And Satan very subtly introduces that to her. Very subtly. Again, if you're not giving it to God, you're giving it to the enemy. So, so think about that. Satan knew that about a female. So think about a guy who's led by Satan. He also knows that, right? And so he'll say things like this to compromise the word of God. You know, we can live together. Of course, he needs to because he didn't have his own place. <laughs> and then justify the word of God and say, you know, I think God would understand that because this helps us pay the bills. Us pay the bills. Which if you don't know that blueprint... See, you'll compromise, right? All right, and so he'll play on all of that. Then before you know it, well, let's just live together, but we'll sleep in separate rooms. Now, how many of y'all know how long does that last? Come on, somebody say amen in this place now, right? You got to know your own freak yourself. Yeah. So so you've got to learn how to listen, ladies, because he will cast doubt on what God said if you don't know the truth for yourself. That's good. That's good. That's real good. And then end up having you in some compromising situations in the name of God. And you were saying the whole time something on the inside was telling me. Now, that's not something. That is the person of the Holy Spirit. That's good. That's good. Which is why God continues even in the New Testament in Philippians chapter 4 to tell us to think on those things that are good. To meditate, even when it's just empty space, to meditate on those things that are of good report, that are contained with truth, that are encouraging, that are strengthening. When we meditate on those things, especially women, we tend to focus in on problems and issues because we are fixers. We like, men are fixers, fixers, but we like to answer. And, you know, and then some of us are just a little bit more obsessed with it than others. Everything got to be in its place. And I'm thinking about what's wrong with that picture for two hours when all I needed to do was just get up on the ladder and fix the picture. So don't, don't play with me. Some of y'all have seen somebody walk in the room. You're probably looking at me now like, her shirt wrinkled. I was sitting in a car. But you can look at somebody up and down and notice within three seconds flat what's wrong. Man or woman. Listen, there's been women events, babe. He always says it to me. When we have women's events and I'm getting dressed, I forget, y'all dress for one another. Yeah, I always say, it's no men there. Oh, oh, I forgot. You all dress. Y'all check each other out. Uh, <laughs> Got to be right for each other because y'all critiquing each other as you are. I, I ain't even going to lie. There's been many a times where praise and worship is going on and I'm distracted by somebody's shoes. Girl, y'all shoes were so sharp. Number three, number three, the dilemma of division, the dilemma of division. Genesis chapter three, verse three, he says, but the free, the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, this is of the woman responding, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. Did he say that, babe? Did, she, did God tell Adam that? No. What did he say? He said, what did he say? <laughs> We're playing. God told him what, people? Don't eat of it, right? Period. So he was clear. I'm having fun. But he was clear, wasn't he? So so watch this. Keep going. So she asked, don't touch it. So she adds to the clarity. So pay attention to this now. So you'll notice a lot of times the leader will have the direction, but she always thinks she has a better way. Y'all didn't catch that, did you? Come on, I need some strong men in here to help me out now. Come on, don't back down now. Come on, don't back down. Am I preaching real good? This is where we're going. 
No, I think we need to do it this way. But the reality is... Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Church, church just started, right? Stop it. You didn't even hear what she, she said. If she would have just listened to her own mind in the first place and not touched it, she wouldn't have eaten it. So her way was a little bit better. And she said she fell victim you feel me, don't to the you? craftiness yeah. of the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> See, the Bible is real clear in 1 Timothy chapter 5. The woman was first, was the one deceived, not the man. Now, the man was still held responsible. So check this out. Check this out. See, none of the ladies said amen right there. All that standing up, clapping and shouting and all of that. I just read the Bible to you and I didn't get quoted it and I didn't get one amen for that. That shows you this dilemma is serious. This, this battle, you stop this, this, this you division, stop this division you stop is serious. Get you into that because I want to have some fun with you that. Get into that. So then, anyway, the question really is, did, he, did, did the woman add to it or did Adam add to it? We don't know that question, so he just presumed you're being used of the enemy. I just but nevertheless, she repeated it. So she was already on the trail of deception. And the enemy took advantage of that. Because, of course, if you believe that if I touch it and eat it, I'll die. But then you touch it and nothing happens. Then the question becomes, so if I touch it and nothing happens, can I eat of it and nothing happens? Might he say what he's saying be true? Now, I don't want to steal your message. Can I add a piece here? Go on, add a piece. Because I'm really up here to reinforce. Go on, add a piece. So, so really, the only thing the enemy said to her different than what her husband told her was that you'll be like gods. That's the piece he added to her, which was an attractive piece because what she heard was it'll make you higher than him. And he inserted that okay. level of... Okay, you want to reel my message back in? <laughs> Reel it back in. You see this? This is real. You see this? This is a live illustration right here. Go ahead. Keep going, babe. Because it's hard to hear. And so we're constantly fighting for these roles. And this order. Right? On both sides. It's not all him and it's not all her. But we've got to get his way if we want his results. That's right. So what you're seeing is real. This is, this is marriage, folks. This is constant all the time. My way or your way. All the time. And see, and the enemy knew to come in through the point of least resistance. See, and this is why it's imperative, ladies, that you have your own relationship with God. God charged Adam... And he gave him the instructions and the order. But when we spend our own time with God, we're not caught up in who's in control. And seeing that's what division does. Right. That's the essence of division is the fight for control. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's 50 million churches in America because, and they're right next door to each other, half of them. One's anointed to be there, one might not be. And they all came from each other. But be that someone wants to be in control. And someone doesn't want to be controlled. But when we understand God and order, order. it's not about control right. as much as it is about order. Right. And God blesses order. Yep. So if you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it's real simple. Now watch this, right? Of course, everyone's going to hear this differently depending on where you're at with this order. But everyone has a head. So the head of Jesus is God. The 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, the head of the man is Jesus. The head of the woman is the man. She is safe and secure as long as she honors God. Listen to me. As long as she honors God, she is safe and secure 
even if her head gets off. That's right. That's right. That's right. Are you listening? That's right. Right? So, so, so she can bypass him when he leaves the Word of God. She can bypass him and go to his head, and God will still take care of him. But what she can't do is when he is not off, she can't go against that. Now, if the man is smart, he doesn't have to try to bogard that situation. He'll even let God deal with her and remove himself from it. That's right. See, she didn't really want me up here today. I can tell. <laughs> she didn't really want me up here today. No, but yes, we're having I did. fun. Yes, this I is did. real. Get, this is real. I took your message. <laughs> this morning he woke up and was like, babe, this is your message. This is your message. I, I got to find myself in here. I said, like, you going to find yourself. <laughs> he found himself, didn't he? <laughs> That's my baby. Number four, number four, be like me. Mm. Be like me. Genesis chapter four, verses four through six, it reads, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Mm. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, I said earlier in verse 1 that Satan had been dealing with her for a period of time. Working on. Doesn't mean that Adam was with her the entire period of time, but he was with her at the end. So when we back, back, back up to verse 4. Satan tempts her with the very ambition that caused him to get kicked out of heaven. Because he wanted to be what? Like, like God. God. And he rose up because he was God's crowning creation. So now man and woman are on the earth and they are what? God's crowning creation. And he's like, listen, they sort of took my place, so I want them to ultimately be like me. It didn't work with me, but let's see if I can rule through them. That's it. So all of them rebelled against God like I did. Right. So the lure of the enemy is always to get you to a place where you doubt who you are and think that's insufficient and want to be like gods. Now notice the word gods there is the lowercase g. But guess what? In the Hebrew, it's the, it's, the Greek word, it's the Hebrew word Elohim, supreme in authority, judge, magistrate. So Satan basically says, hey, he knows that when you eat of the tree that you'll be able to rule. I'm sure he enticed her and said, rule over the other people, even your husband. There'll be more control, division starts with the fight for control. And so when he lures her with that, he's a mask. He's one big mask. And the, one of the crafty skills of the enemy is that he always makes sin look small on the front end, and he magnifies it once it's been committed. He makes it look real minor before you do it. But once you do it, he blows it up and makes you feel like you're insufficient. You done messed up. There's no turning back. You gone now. God hates you. God can't use you. You're defunct. You can't have a blessed seed. You can't marry somebody because you have three kids by three different fathers. You can't get with, you can't have a woman of God because you've done this, this, that, and the other to women and... You can't be a good father because you never saw a good father. You can't be a good mother because you never saw a good mother. Once the sin is committed, blows it up. he blows it up. But see, on the front end, he makes it real small. He makes it real little. And, and, it, and, then, it, you know, and then he goes on to, to point out to her during, the, during this duration of time, knowing good and evil. 
And then she saw it. He masked the tree I be, I, with all my heart. Because they've been looking at this tree for some time, haven't they? That's right. And walking past like, oh, forbidden fruit. Oh, forbidden fruit. Oh, for, now all of a sudden, it looks good. And this is, this is that, going back to that, lest she touch it. It says here, to the eye and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took. The, it, the, actually, that word tree and desired in, entails touching it. So when she saw with her eyes and when she touched it and saw that it could make you wise, she took of the fruit. Now, how did she know that it could make you wise? Spent too much time and gave too much space to the enemy. Yeah. And she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And then verse 6, this is a good one right here. The woman gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now that word gave is the word Nathan in the Hebrew. And it's defined as insist, cry, bid, appoint, direct. And the application of it is with great latitude. In other words, she nagged him, prodded him, negotiated. So he mean, finally said, give me the doggone apple, man. Fit have quiet you down. She was relentless. The same time that Satan took to lure her, she took, she took time. To lure him. To lure him. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 24 says, It's better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. That's Proverbs 27. 25. 25. Now, Proverbs 27, verse 15, it says, The continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. That's the one I wanted you to read right there. Now, let's go all the way back. Can I insert here myself here right here? Can, here I in, can I insert? I Larry, I need to come teach me how to play these drums. <laughs> Real loud. All right, so now listen, 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 listen. So the same thing that Satan used on her, she turns around and uses on him. So listen to me, ladies and men. Men, if you do not know your role and be able to be strong and firm in it, she will take over. And you must understand this. Now, my wife is standing right here. Here's the bottom line. I'd rather lose trying to follow God. I can live with that than if I lost and I didn't do what was in my heart and I did what you wanted me to do. That was one I, of our first intense fellowships of marriage. Because she was constantly, and I said, listen, it's never going to happen here. I must... I mean, we're just being authentic with you right now. It's never going to happen here. I, I can live with myself if I believed I'm trying to follow God and I lost. I can't live with myself if I believed in my heart I was supposed to do something and you drove me in a different direction. I can't look at that guy in the mirror because I know I relinquished my role. And abode so, so. in the curse. All right. So, so I just want to be real clear on this. That's why that blue plan is so important. There's a reason why I take care of all of the bills. If it's a car, it's in my name. There's a reason for that. Because it keeps the order proper in the house. If you understand how, listen to me, if you understand how gifted a woman is, she will bring home the bacon, fry it up in the pan. Hello, somebody. And never let you forget and, you're and never, a man. Yeah. And listen, then give you $40 a week for allowance, and you don't know what's going on, what bills are being paid, what bills didn't get paid, cable got cut off. You don't know what's going on. Hello. 
But, but. So I will not relinquish this order because I know God blesses this order. Now watch this. She's better. She's more gifted. She's smarter. It still does not change the order. So let me balance that a little bit. There's no balance. There's balance. There's balance. No balance to that. That's the Gregory household. This is the pattern. There's a pattern here, and you fill it with God's gift and glory on you and your household. So, yes, he takes care of the bills. I'll, 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 I, I, every November, I do negotiate right. and revamp our billing system. I will redo cable. I will redo and renegotiate with gas. I will redo and renegotiate with whomever. And I'll establish it because he trusts me to make sure I'm getting good rates right. and being a good steward. Right. But he keeps the maintenance. I realize in many a households, though, she pays the bills. The point is, <laughs> they said, say that. In fact, in most households, she pays the bills. And that's fine for your household. But it does not, if you're married, it does not relinquish the man from being informed. You still have a responsibility to be financially apprised of what's going on in your home. Oh, that's excellent. So this is, this is good. So now, in that Proverbs 27... Once he sets the order, then you've got to let God deal with him. And prayerfully, if you're married, he's setting the order. Right? If you're not married, then men, you want to begin to develop this. And ladies, you want to look for a guy who is working towards this level of order so that the house can be aligned properly under God. Right? And so look what the next verse says. Her nagging will drive him up on the rooftop. This is what invented man caves. Come on, fellas. Don't be scared now. Come on. Don't, don't get scared now. But I'm telling you, the invention of man caves came out of this. So, so watch these That's next also two. where the doghouse came from. Oh, when she put him out. When she put him out. Oh, we just might as well go all the way oh, there. Oh, we can then. go all the way, baby. What you want? What you got? <laughs> I'm going to open up the whole thing now. <laughs> Watch this now. Look at verse 16. 15 says, her continual dripping on a rainy day and a contentual, contentious woman are alike. Watch this now. Whoever restrains her restrains the wind. You all do know you cannot restrain the wind, right? <laughs> Everybody in here does know that, right? So this tells you something, ladies, there's nothing, and men, there's nothing you can do to stop her from being that way. She must realize within herself, I'm not building my house this way, I'm tearing it down. Look at the very next verse. Look at verse 17, no, verse 16. Whoever restrains her restrains the wind, or the, the part B of that verse, and grasps oil with his right hand. You do know you cannot grasp oil, right? <laughs> so if you see what it's saying, what it's saying here is nothing he can do to stop her nagging. That has to be something she decides. But let's back up. Because boundaries are important. And we teach people how to treat us. That's right. So there could be a nagging woman because that's all she's known and that's what she grew up with and that's what she's been able to get away with. But she can meet a man that's like, I'm not going for this. If we're going to be together and he's a godly man, not a controlling man, not a brutal man, not a mean person, that does not operate in love. And he says, hey, here are the board. This, these, these are my boundaries. That's right. Tell me once, tell me twice, and then believe God. So if you were, uh, gentlemen, if you were okay with that in the beginning, don't start slamming doors and taking $100,000 budgets for a man cave 10 years later. Because now you're tired of it. Man, this is so good. See, men, you have red flags too. That's right. 
Stay on your side. <laughs> I mean, men need to hear this from a woman. Let me hear it. You have red flags too. And just like you can recognize when she's thirsty, you can recognize when she's controlling. And since the beginning of time, we just showed you, she has fought to be in control. Yep. Out of order. Where there is unity, there's submission and control are different. That's right. There are times when we submit one to another. That's right. Okay? But control, it's a whole not. That's the truth. And, and we've got to get to this last point, but I want to encourage you all. There's nothing that when the two of us are on the same page. That can't be done. There's nothing that we have ever agreed on in almost 21 years of marriage when we're on the same page that we have not seen come to pass. And that will help you understand why Satan fights that union so hard and tries to keep them as individuals and not as one because he knows that when the two of them agree on anything, there's nothing he can do to stop that. That's how powerful this is. So much so, we're going to bury a, a person, one of, one of our wonderful me members. Uh, I won't say the name because I haven't gotten approval from the husband. But the wife, we're going to do the, the, the home going. But the wife, the husband said to us, uh, if you and your wife would do the wedding, it would I mean, be the, a blessing. I'm sorry, the uh, home going service. It would be a blessing because my wife loved to see the two of you minister together. And I said, well, we've never done a home going service uh, together. But we can make that work for you all, I'm sure. We, and it's the highest honor, in my opinion, that's ever been bestowed upon me for someone to say at a home going, they want the two of us to do the eulogy together. Amen. What I'm saying to you folks, you can conquer the world. Both of you have equal authority yes, if you'll just get on the same page Amen. and agree. Nothing and it's not her page, you. and it's not his page. Get on page. God's page. That's right. So good, babe. So good. Go ahead, close it out. Genesis chapter, I mean, number five. The last one, we'll pick up the rest of them next week. See, run, hide. Number five. See, run, hide. Genesis chapter three, verses 10 through seven. I mean, seven through 10. I said that backwards. It says, Genesis three, seven through 10. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God said to, called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. The enemy, we're talking about Satan, uh, some facts to know about Satan and sin. I already said that he makes sin look very little in the beginning, but once it's been committed, he blows it up. And the tendency of mankind to this day is once, he do, once he's seen it, once he's done it, he, wants to, he, he, he sees the results, he wants to run, and he wants to hide. Yep. And the one that he always wants to run and hide from is God. That's so good. And listen, God didn't do this. That's right. God didn't put the tree so that they could be tempted and die. God just don't wanted choice, free, man's free will, choice, and intentional love. He didn't want robots. He didn't want robots. So now understand this. When we back up to verse 7, it, the eyes of them both were not opened. They weren't opened individually. They were opened together. It doesn't say that she, the woman, ate and her eyes were opened. And then she gave to her husband, and then his eyes were open. It says she ate, and then over time, as we talked about, prodded him and dealt with him. And then he finally ate, and then says, then the eyes of them both were, open. were opened. See, man didn't fall. Human race, didn't, humanity didn't fall because of her deception. The reality is humanity fell. The eyes of them both were open. When he disobeyed. Yeah, when he gave in to that. Which so is good. when he gave in to that, which yeah. is why, man of God, your position in the earth is so important. And, and babe, can I get in there right go there? Go on, go on, baby. Fly, fly, fly. Right there. I want to get in there right there. So then what does he turn around and do? He turns around and blames God for her 
right? So listen, listen. And again, we're just running out of time. If you don't understand this blueprint and you end up marrying someone that you need to take care of, the same man that you're taking care of will blame you for the problems in the relationship. And he will say things like, you don't support me. But see, what you don't understand is when you let him in under those circumstances, you were supporting him. But what you got to understand, man, is there's a time limit on that support. When she is going to expect you to step up and contribute to this relationship. Right? But the pressure will get to him, and he'll turn right around the same way he blamed God. And he'll say everything wrong in this marriage is your fault. See, the enemy will run rampant with the circumstances of society. Today, we're living in a society in America anywhere, anywhere, in America, in this country, whereby over 40, I think it's 42%, 46%, something, I get my statistics off, just know it's more than 40% of households are ran by the mother. So when you talk about over 40% of American households are run by the single mom, and these little boys are looking at mama being in charge, mama working, mama paying the bills, mama giving the commands, mama setting the rules, mama giving the punishment, mama doing this, and mama doing that. And then not to mention, we're not even going to go into the guilt trip that mama is on, so she yields to the child half the time because daddy's not there or daddy's not as much there as she would like him to be there. Then it's no wonder these little boys grow up and still expect wife, who's now mama, to take care of them, to be in charge, to get the work done, to run the household, to give out the rules, to enforce discipline. And so if we, men of God, if, even if you are not that man's father, but if you're a man of God, you have a relationship with God, it is in your best interest for society's sake to spiritually father these young men and show them what a real man of God looks like. Because, see, I'm telling you statistics, the 40% statistic is just in America. But in urban America, it's higher. And let's just break down urban America because there's urban America and then there's black America. And then it's even higher than urban America. So you're talking now about 60% or more of young men you encounter grew up without a present father. So men of God, your position in the earth and in the community is more important than you realize. I remember athletes said, I didn't choose to be nobody's role model. You never choose. You don't know who's looking at you, who's watching you. We just moved, and, and I hadn't seen these young men that had been helping, had been doing the move. And so my husband called me and said, babe, go get some, Subway, some, some uh, sandwiches and stuff for these young men. And when they got to the house, I was surprised at how young they were. You know, some of my stuff was a little messed up, but that's another. <laughs> and my, I, I know my husband. I know he don't care whether you got a daddy or not. He's going to minister to you. He's going to talk about being a man. He's going to talk about saving yourself to marriage. He's going to talk, ask you what church you go to. I mean, that's just him. He'll say that to a doggone tree. <laughs> if there's a pulse and if you look like you are breathing, he's going to talk to you about that. And he don't even care if you understand English or not. <laughs> so I know him. So when they come in the house, they're very mannerable. Not that I expect them to be anything different. But then when they sat down, these two young men, and I give them their sandwiches and stuff, they are like very making it very clear that they are praying before they ate. But let now, me tell you where that comes from. Before they ever went into the house, I had a conversation with them out on the sidewalk before they even went in the house. I said, my little daughter is in there. She's upstairs to the left. So there's no need for you to go in that room. <laughs> then I said, this is what we do in this house. I don't know what you guys do somewhere else, but you're not going to turn a radio on, on in the house with vulgar music playing, right? 
right? And so, but I'll take care of you guys. You just take care of my house, I'll take care of you guys, right? And, and it's amazing how they fell in line. So we fed them, we loved on them, we did all of that. Then at the end, I go, I say, I want you guys to follow me to PNC Bank because I want to give you guys a nice, generous tip. Right? And then they, one got out the truck, the other one sat in. I said, no, I need everybody to get out of the truck. So they all get out of the truck. It's amazing. The most, see, people want to know about God. Yes. And they want to know Jesus. They just don't want to hear about him. They want to see it. Yeah. They want to see if what you're saying and what you're living, if that agrees. Yes. And so I, I said, I want to give you guys, this is a real generous tip. But I said, I never give money without ministering to people. And I said, you're some young guys, you guys are heading and you're working, you're trying to do the right thing. Best wisdom I could ever share with you is to keep God first and save yourself to marriage. And I gave each one of them a certain amount. And then I said, now, before you walk away from me, pull up linkedupchurch.com. And I want you to promise me one thing. Each one of you will at least visit this church one time. And listen to what all of them said. I'm there. I told him about the grand opening. I told him where we would be located. What, what she's saying here is young men want direction. They just want to see it more than they want to hear it. Close it out. And then, so after the eyes of them both were opened, they were opened together. And now this word naked is different from the first naked that we saw in Genesis chapter 2. This naked is a totally different Hebrew word. And this naked means that they were uncovered, they were unsafe, they were bare, they were without protection, they were exposed after the fall. And that's what disobedience does. When we know to do right, but decide to do wrong, it exposes us to the targets of the enemy. That's right. And he will round up as much as he can and get in as much as you can as much as he can in that space of time. And when, God, when he tells God that we were naked, so we hid ourselves, and God says, who told you that you were naked? See, God never changed. Right. They did. That's right. In fact, God says that I know what I put in you. So anything contrary to that is not of me. And so that's how he knew, did you eat of the tree? That I told you not to eat of. Because disobedience always, always attacks self-esteem. It always, always brings about insecurity. It always brings about shame and guilt. That's, right. That's what disobedience does. Even in its most minute form. Even in its most minute form. So when God said, who told you you were naked? Who told you that I don't? provide for you? Who told you that I left you uncovered? Who told you that I don't protect? Who told you that you are without? Who told you that I'm not good enough? Who told you? Who told you that I forsook you? Who told you that I'm not here for you? That you had to go hide yourself? And make this simple, foolish attempt to protect yourself against me? Who told you that I was the enemy? So good. And it makes me emotional because so often we become so rattled with whatever wrong happened in our lives. And I'm going to get real, real, real grimy with you. There are men and women today that will not that have chosen this life of solitude because they were infected with some type of STD. And they don't want to have the conversation. They don't want to admit their mistake. So they choose to live a life in solitude, resentment, guilt, and shame because this behavior, this one situation resulted in this. Or the, the, the man who just, just hasn't gotten it yet. And so he's hiding and running and making up these false stories to present himself because his boys are getting it done. 
But he's just, he still hasn't found his niche yet. But he's been, he has a history of this. I was in jail. I was, I was caught up with this. Yes, I was 17 and she was 15 and we had sex and I was charged with statutory rape. So now I'm named a predator. And I'm not saying that's, you know, don't take it somewhere, don't need to go. But here I am 40 years later, 50 years later, and I'm hiding from something that I did back then. And I've let my sin, I've let my disobedience trap me for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Because I believed that I was naked. I believed I was unprotected. I believed that God left me. I believed that he was mad at me. God ain't mad at you. He loves you. God ain't mad at you. We're going to stop right there. With that being said, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and the attitude of prayer search in your hearts. Because I believe in this moment in time, there are some of you out there that has convinced yourself that God is mad at you, that he can't use you. And let me tell you, baby boy, let me tell you, baby girl, nothing could be furthest from the truth. In fact, he says that he uses the foolish things of the earth to confound the wise. Jesus' great-great-great-great-grandmama was a former prostitute. God loves you forever. He even loves you in your disobedience. Nothing you can do, nothing you can say, no category that you were born in or no category that you defaulted to can change God's love for you. And he loves us the same where he sent his only son, Jesus, not only to promise us heaven, but make sure we have a life more abundantly here on the earth. So if you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or you're not sure, you might believe you're a good person. You might even go to church every Sunday, grew up, went to catechism class, got baptized, christened, and everything. But you don't know. You can't crack open that book and say with assurity, this is how I know that I'm saved. If you're not receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're not sure, I want to pray with and for you. Or perhaps you did, and you were like Adam and the woman. You've been hiding, trying to get it done yourself. If you could get it done yourself, you and I both know it would have been done a long time ago. But guess what? God still loves you, and he's forever married to you. So if you... We're saved, but you know you've lived life contrary to the word of God, and you want to get it right. You want to rededicate. God is not a God of the second chance. He's just a God of another chance. And his grace abounds. And his mercy is new every morning. If you want prayer, I would love to pray with you for that. Perhaps you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. It's a subsequent experience by which you have a direct connection to God out of your own heavenly language. And you want to learn more about that. It's not a spooky, possessive experience. It's a wonderful, pleasant experience with the Holy Spirit. We would love to pray with you and give you information regarding that. Or perhaps you have not planted yourself in a church home. You cannot grow hopping from church to church to church. And if you want to receive Pastor Gregory and I as your pastors, we would love to serve you as such we promise you we will pray for you daily we will teach you this staff and we will teach you the word of God uncompromisingly and we are passionate about your victory we are committed to it and if that's what you believe that you want and you believe linked up church is a church for you then we would love to pray with you and give you the information pertaining to the church membership so while everyone is searching their heart making lifelong decisions Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you desire my prayer for any four of those invitations, would you please lift your hand up high in the air so that I know I'm praying with and for you. You have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Or perhaps you have, but you know you've messed up and you're out of fellowship and you want to get back right. You want to learn more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or you want to receive or make linked up church your church home. If that's anyone here, would you please raise your hand high up in the air so that I know I'm praying with and for you. Is there anyone here? All right. For sake of time, I'm not going to belinger. But I believe someone out there, God's dealing with you. 
All right. Praise God. Well, what I do want to do then, because I do understand that some of you may be bashful. We have a connection card. If you don't want to respond by raising your hand, you can always respond by filling out this card. So if any of you desire to get in on that prayer, you desire to be prayed for, a minister will reach out to you in 24 to 48 hours to minister to you according to just what I invited you for. So if you would, lift your hand up high in the air, and one of our ushers and hostesses will give you one of these cards. Fill it out in its entirety. At offering time, when the offering receptacle goes by, you can place the completed card in the offering receptacle. If you haven't finished it, that's okay. Complete it and give it to one of our ushers and hostesses, and they'll be sure to process it accordingly. Praise God. You all get anything out of this? Praise God. We know that the enemy uses deception. Amen. All right. Well, now we have the pleasure of announcing it is time to excel in the grace of giving. Praise God. If you desire an offering envelope, just lift your hand in the air. A husher, usher or hostess will be happy to serve you. Uh, if you're filling out that offering envelope, make sure that you do so in its entirety uh, so that you can receive proper tax credit at the end of the year. I want